Well, hey folks, I am back with another episode this week, um, and let's just get right into things, um, starting off with my teaching corner. Uh, so this week, I started conferences with my students, and basically, these are, um, so they're writing their first drafts right now, and these are just opportunities for them to come and organize their paper with me. Um, some of my students, so at, so as I said last episode, I kind of just structured my class on basically black feminism, but looking at race and feminism and discussions of feminism. Um, we've, uh, the last thing we watched was an episode of Blackish called Feminizant, and which is a really good episode. And um, a, sh- a clip from a documentary called um, The Feminist in Soul Block Y, which is about um, men in prison discussing feminism. Um, and I chose that because I wanted them to see how l- men uh, like grapple with feminism, too. And there's a lot of um, white men in my class and... Some of them, some of them really like the material and it's really shocking to see how they engage with it. And then um, a few of them are kind of nervous to talk about it, um, either because they're like afraid that they're going to say the wrong thing or um, they just don't want to talk or like don't feel comfortable to talk. Um, one of my so couple so. A bunch of my students are kind of writing about um, the gender issues in their major. I have a few students that are computer science majors and they want to write about the sexism in computer science. science. Um, Why am I talking so fast? Okay, I'm going to slow down, y'all. And then I have uh, two students wanting to write about... um, black women's issues in trying to enter the feminist movement. Um, and those two students are white men, which I'm, again, like I said, I'm really shocked at how they respond to the material. Um, one other white dude is going to write a paper on like the differences between feminism and womanism, um, which is Alice Walker's term for like black feminism, basically. Um, And he's going to see, like, how black feminism plays into that. Um, And I I told him, I was like, I was like, yeah, this is going to be a really interesting paper. And I'm I'm excited to see, like, what you kind of produce, because these are questions that I kind of think about, too. And I and then I said, no pressure. (laughs) Um, And then um, I. So and then I have other students that kind of want to write about intersectionality, which I wanted to stray away from using because um, I kind of disagree after reading um, some books in um, in black feminism. um, I kind of for me, teaching wise, I kind of want to stray away from it. And so I can fully like get a grasp on like the way it's being like kind of commodified in academia um and that's a whole other I could probably do a a whole episode on that um but I kind of strayed away from from teaching intersectionality um and just teaching um like this idea of like 
intersection um interlocking oppressions um kind of rooting that in uh 1970s and 80s black feminism um yeah i mean not yeah i i just i kind of fear the way that intersectionality oh here i'm going on a rant <laughs> uh, i kind of fear the way that intersectionality is used in academia where it's meant to be like it's meant to speak about diversity but it kind of goes away from speaking about black women's issues um and that's over that's not originally like kimberly crenshaw williams um who is who coined intersectionality that wasn't originally like her purpose for that term it was it was specifically to look at black women's oppression but um it kind of has gotten taken up to look at everyone's identity and and things like that. Um, so I kind of wanted to stray away from that and just focus like specifically on black women's oppression for race, gender, sexuality, and class. Um, anyway, tangent over. Um, then I have um, one. Okay, I have one student they they kind of took i don't know if they're reading right because when we read barbara smith's introduction to homegirls they kind of said that barbara smith was being exclusive because she talked about um she barbara smith in that essay makes distinctions between feminism and black feminism and this student felt like Barbara Smith was um, excluding other feminists. Um, and then she did, oh, I didn't want to reveal her her gender identity because I felt like, anyway, then this student um, said like, she, <laughs> they did this whole thing where, they did this whole thing where so I have my students doing blog posts. They did this whole thing where they responded to this blog post based on Barbara Smith's essay. And then they said that Barbara Smith needs to advocate for all women. And accompanied with that were pictures of, uh, quite frankly, just white women. Or um, it was white women. I don't... I, I don't think I saw any any color there. And I was like, oh, my God, is this this is a react? I didn't know. I wasn't anticipating a reaction like that. I know that it's was possible, but I wasn't anticipating a reaction like that, um, like a, a very white feminist reaction. Um, so I kind of. Anyway, so that student is writing a paper saying that um, feminists should not exclude each other based on race. And so, and she's, and this student's clearly saying um, black feminism shouldn't like be a thing because feminism already advocates for all women. But that's totally like, if, they were doing the reading they would see that there's a reason behind black, black feminism wanting to separate from feminism um like mainstream feminism 
Um, and so I kind of just walked through this with them. I, of course, disagreed with it, but I, I kind of just walked through with it because I know that they're learning and this is new to them. Um, and I said, okay, if this is your argument, what is your counter argument? Which would actually be the argument that I would agree with. And they were like, okay, my counter argument would be that some people would say that they need to um, form their own groups. But then I would rebuttal and say that they don't because feminism already like, like helps all women. And I was, I was like, okay, well, this, um, it seems like you have, you know, a good outline going. Um, I just, yeah, I encourage you to kind of look at Barbara Smith's essay again in the Kamehi River Collective because they kind of talk about the history of, of black women uh, kind of forming their own groups. Um, and so I kind of just left them on on that. And I know that the paper they turn in, it, well, I don't know this, but I'm thinking that the paper, paper they turn in will be... Um, I don't know. I, 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 it will be interesting to see. And I, I think in, in the comments, I'm going to just, in my, my comment on her, on their paper is that I, I think I'll say, I want you to include a section where you grapple with why black women and women of color, um, wanted to form their own groups. Because I think for them, they're thinking that because, like, I honestly think it's it's black. Seeing the word black and of color, they're thinking that it excludes them. Um, so, but, it, I mean, it doesn't, but I know that that is um, a reaction to someone who's new to this material. So, I, it's a, I mean, it's a very... It's a very new learning experience for me, and I guess I just need to prepare for these kind of reactions. Um, but yeah, I think that's kind of my course of plan because I didn't want to tell this student, "Hey, this is." I could have, but I didn't want to tell them, "Hey, this is wrong. This is racist," <laughs> um, because I could tell that at least I think I could tell that they just weren't like it. It wasn't processing for them, and. I didn't want to just flat out just say, hey, this is racist. Like this could be taken as racist and like anti-black, etc." I want I, I'm hoping that they will kind of like take it on themselves and like read because even if I w were to say, hey, this is racist, then this student would be like, oh, no, it's not like, oh, and then he'd be like, oh, this this teacher called me a racist. He hates white people or, or like whatever. Um, cause this is an organ and there, there are boundless possibilities. Um, but yeah, I, I, I kind of want to take this approach where I let, hopefully let them see for themselves kind of like, I, I, I honestly think the, the issue is that they aren't reading. So I think. I'm just going to in their in their when they turn in their drafts, I'm going to just point them to um, the sections they need to look at to where I mean, Barbara Smith and the comic River Collective statement. It, it's very clear writing. I don't understand how 
things can be misconstrued, but I can understand um, from this student's point of view, having not been introduced to these topics, um, the student expressed that they were um, not really familiar with feminism in general and kind of struggled with their own feminist identity, etc. So, um, and it's so crazy I can tell all of this with just like writing, with just looking at their writing. Um, but yeah, so I guess, yeah, if anybody has any advice on how to handle that, could y'all like tell me, <laughs> um, because yeah, it's, it's kind of weird, but I think I have it under control, but I would like to know other methods to handle this. Um, so if anybody has any advice, um, please tell me, uh, Message me on on Instagram or Twitter, uh, etc. I'll put the socials at the end. All right. Uh, so that 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 was my week of teaching. Um, moving into, I don't know if I talked about the classes I'm I'm taking, but moving into um, my class update. Um, so we're around the time where we're starting to think about final projects. Um, so we have, it's a 10 week term and it's week five next week. So, um, seminar papers are due week 10. Um, so for my food TV class, um, it's exactly what the title says. It's food TV. We're looking at, um, like top chef, like food reality TV shows, but then also like thinking about food, like as, as its own, like kind of object. And then TV as its own kind of object. I know it sounds weird, but it makes sense, kind of. Um, and so for that class, the teacher had us kind of do a free write about like our relationship to food. And I wrote about collard greens and how um, learning how to cook collard greens has brought me closer to um, the women in my family and specifically my grandmother who has been um, kind of well, very homophobic towards me. And um, I kind of like asked her how she cooked collard greens and it kind of gave us a come. It started a conversation um, and I kind of want to think about how my experience, like learning how to cook collard greens, learning recipes and things kind of allows me to speak to um my grandmother who um I haven't like recently I haven't had the best relationship with but I feel more comfortable kind of talking to her about how to cook now so like because I don't want to not have that relationship um but yeah, so so I think I want to write a paper about like collard greens, and then the professor was like, "Okay, let's try to find the connection to TV," and they mentioned um, Thanksgiving from uh, what was it? Master of None, and so and then they were like helping me find all the connections and things. So that's gonna be an interesting paper. It's gonna be unlike anyone I any anything I've written so far so I'm kind of excited to see how that will go um and then for my other class uh called Black Rebellions um we're looking at slave rebellions in the 19th century 
um, and we've, we've been working in this archive um, in our, like, on, on our campus library. And I think for that final project, we can do, like, a digital project. I think I want to do um, something on rumored slave rebellions because we had to do this assignment where we kind of looked through the archive and found articles and things. And I found a bunch of articles on rumors about slave rebellions. And it's just been kind of interesting to look at how those have been were communicated and um, things like that. So those are kind of like what's on my mind um, in terms of how my classes are going. Um, yeah. Alrighty. Well, let's get into some classic shit. All right. So for this week's segment, I will be uh, doing a short uh, analysis of Baby Mother's um, song called Rules. Um, Baby Mother, uh, I just, I recently discovered her over the summer and um, she's this very like country, southern, raunchy rapper and um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I've been listening to her a bunch this, this week because um, there's just something about, I, I think I miss home a lot. So that's probably why I'm thinking about collard greens. I miss home a lot. And, um, she just, the way she talks reminds me of people at home. And then just, I, I think she has a lot of good advice <laughs> and, um, I hope it's shown in this lyric I'll, I'll read here. So <laughs> the song's called rules and this is from the chorus. Let me take a sip of water. Welcome to my ASMR. Okay. All right. So the lyric goes, you can't give your pussy to a nigga who ain't used to getting pussy because that pussy going to be everybody business. You can't sell dope to these niggas because they broke and they snitching. Got these niggas busting shots up in your business. You can't give your pussy to a nigga who ain't used to getting pussy because that pussy gonna be everybody business. You can't break bread with these niggas, give head to these niggas. They ungrateful little mama, that's bad for business. Okay, so right off the bat, um, I kinda wanna preface this. When I see the word nigga nowadays, I, th- I think of it as like, I don't think of it as just assigned to men. Um, I think of it as just kind of like gender neutral. Um, because it doesn't really like, uh, it, like anybody can be a nigga who's black. Um, so, so when she says nigga, it kind of makes me think about that. But then just the general message, you like, you can't have sex with people who like aren't used to having sex because then they're just going to want to talk about it all the time. Like it kind of reminds me of like, that kind of like high school kind of like why well, maybe this is a critique of masculinity and manhood specifically maybe because it kind of critiques this whole kind of like toxic toxic um masculinity uh culture or toxic male culture where men kind of like brag about the girls they 
they've they've had sex with um like specifically just to look cool in front of their other men um so yeah so so i think that's where the first line is and then just in general like the selling dope and um uh the line that says that's bad for business it's really kind of thinking about how um the the giver of pussy so like and this can be um male or female so the giver of pussy whoever's giving the sex um it's like i think it's kind of like using the sex for like like hmm like capital some kind of like using sex as a way to gain some kind of credibility or some kind of like, um, yeah, to, to kind of like fund your life pretty much. And baby mother is saying like, okay, you got to watch who you giving it out to because, you know, if they're not used to getting it, they're just gonna, they're, they're going to like, just spread it all around. And then, you know, your pussy is going to be everywhere. Everyone's going to be talking about your pussy. And then it's it's bad for business because people are going to think that you, like, it, it's ruined or whatever, you know? Yeah, I think that's what it is. Yeah, that's what that's what I kind of see from it. Um, the line, you can't break bread. Is that not a biblical reference? Break bread? Um and then she rhymes that with head. So, um, it's, I don't know. It's funny. Um, I don't have a comment about that. It's just funny. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of my take on, on these lines here. I'm interested to see what y'all think of it. Um, so the song is, is baby mother and it's, it's, the song is called rules. All right. And that has been some classic shit. All right, moving on to a new segment I want to introduce. Um, so I wanted to kind of do a segment based on the crazy shit that I see in Eugene, uh, Eugene, Oregon, where I go to school. Um, I wanted to do this because Eugene is a very ultra white city or town or whatever, and like the people <laughs> Oregon in general but the people that is just I'm surrounded around all the time uh, it's it's just very absurd it's a very absurd place to live um so I want this segment to kind of like show y'all <laughs> what I'm living around and to kind of like point out the absurdity that is Oregon in general Eugene specifically so i have one kind of story from a different town uh actually the capital of oregon and then i have another story from uh from eugene oregon so this first story um it's about a high school teacher in salem who got arrested in a bar for um fighting this this I think the girl was 17 
And the bar, no, okay, the girl was 20. So, okay, look, this teacher ran up to this girl and the girl was with her dad and they were in some like bar and she was like yelling and stuff at her and she called her a whore. And the teacher was, so the girl was a sexual assault victim and the teacher was having dinner with the family of the of the boy who the girl who who was convicted of sexual assault and the 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 victim the boy who committed that act um was there and the in the victim I don't know if I'm explaining that right the victim was there and the boy who committed the crime was there and the teacher was with the boy who committed the crime for some reason um Miss Thang walked like ran over and there's video of this i don't want to say this teacher's name because i think this is already just kind of sad um the teacher just kind of like ran over to where the girl was sitting and then she was pointing at her and she called her a whore and like this made the girl go cry and i i don't know i just i just wonder why she called her a whore i'm i'm like i guess she's on the side of this dude but still it's just um i don't know it's just insane to just come come over and just kind of attack this girl like this and in the video it looks like she was pushed by the father uh, of the girl and you know i guess protecting his daughter and then more people kind of come over and try to defend the woman who came over and called this girl a whore um so I kind of just brought this story up because I don't know. This is just some just it, it's just crazy um for lack of a better word. Um Yeah, I don't know. I just wanted to present that to y'all. Yeah, I don't I don't really have a comment on this because I don't I don't really get like I okay, I get like if you're if you believe this person who was convicted of this crime, just like stay over there. Don't come over and I, I don't know. It's just kind of like I wonder if she had this whole narrative that she, like the victim ruined this dude's life when actually no, like his life isn't ruined. You're actually like ruining the victim's life more. I don't know. But anyway, teacher was placed on administrative leave and so was her husband or something. Blah, 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 blah. I, and then what did it say? Um, okay, I thought she got charged. Well, she just got misdemeanor charges, but I think, I don't know if she got jail time. Um, yeah, I don't know if she got jail time. But yeah. I don't know. It's just kind of like a crazy situation. Um, okay. And then my next story <laughs> is about a man who um was in a a psych hospital who um he was in a psych hospital for killing his mother and this was his second time um escaping from from the psych ward and um he somehow ended up in California. 
Um, and then, okay, it says when he broke out, he went to, oh my God, y'all, this man, I'm looking at our article now, he's escaped twice before. So this has been his third time escaping the, the, the psych ward. Um, and it says that when he escaped for this third time, that he purchased a knife and camping supplies at Walmart and starting and started hitchhiking on Interstate 84. So like, and I do see people hitchhiking. So that could just be somebody. So you know, what's no? Um, Ted Bunny was up in um, Washington. I don't know. It's just like, how do you escape? the psych ward three times and then are able to just go straight to Walmart and get supply. I guess he was going to go live in the woods. I don't know, but just supplies. And then he's like, not well. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's just like hearing these things. I, I don't know. Living in the South, I don't think I've heard these kind of incidents before. And so kind of like reading about them now, I'm just like, wow, it's all around. Because I say this because I see people hitchhiking all the time, but, you know, you don't really think about like, oh, they could be someone who escaped from a mental hospital um, or... You know, I don't know. And, and it's just something about this kind of like weird image that Oregon gives off where it's this kind of like, oh, look, we're all safe. Um, And I honestly think that's like a white belief, like, oh, look, we're all safe. Everything's safe here. Um, When it's not. Yeah, that's. And so that's why I kind of like chose these two stories to well, this story to kind of like point out because I think it speaks to like the culture at large of Oregon and how you you could see somebody walking down the interstate well I guess this is anywhere but I think it's just I don't know it's something particular to here where I experience this place as just a very weird and absurd place where it's seen as progressive um but it clearly isn't and it it has you know a lot of problems with safety and even in this article they they kind of talk about how the facilities aren't safe to hold their their inmate the not the inmates there to take care of their patients it the facilities just i mean this dude has escaped three times (laughs) um and I'm not laughing at him, I'm just laughing at the, the situation. Um, kind of news site, they had this kind of place where they where they had absurd news stories. And a lot of them were um, like from other states and uh, Florida specifically. Um, and I thought that was interesting too, that they kind of wanted to show crazy like like um bizarre things happening in other states and not highlight it in their own state um and so Oregon definitely has this kind of like 
culture of displacing their the blame onto or displacing attention onto other uh, states or other people really um I know like with the homeless um population they kind of like put all the blame on homeless people but it's the blame should really be put on the city for not being able to um, have affordable housing or or take care of their citizens you know so it's just this kind of like just I mean it's just ignoring things I don't know I, I mean that's that's what it is anyway I call this segment what's going on girl and I say this because this is where I go to school at y'all and constantly I have to be like what the hell is going on in this state anyway that's that that's what's going on in in Oregon this week (laughs) moving on okay I have my next segment called on my shelf and this week I just have a TV show that I'd like to recommend that I'd like to recommend not a book but a TV show and the TV show I want to recommend is called Little Women Atlanta um I know folks are familiar with Little Women but Little Women Atlanta is like probably the best one I think I cannot stop watching it I started watching it over Christmas and I just haven't stopped watching it since there's so much drama there's so many characters that it just every episode is a fight so if you're looking for some quality reality tv i recommend you watch little women atlanta you can watch it on hulu or wherever you can watch lifetime shows all righty and with my final segment i'm i end the episode talking about what i'm done with so this week i'm so done with american media I know we have the impeachment going on and I haven't really thought about kind of like seeing what's going on because I don't really know if I'm going to get like the real, I don't know if I'm going to, I don't know what the real story is going to get. I don't know if I'm going to get a real story. I don't know if I'm going to get a biased story. And it's just honestly, I like, honestly, I think it'll just make me mad and I mean, that's something that the 24-hour news cycle does and just the news cycle in America in general does. It's just, like, instilling fear and then, like, doesn't really give you a lot of information. So I I have no idea what's going on with the impeachment. I've been too busy with being in grad school to even, like, figure out what's going on, but from what I've kind of put to bits and pieces and tweets, um, it seems like it's like not going to happen or he's not going to get impeached or like something's going on with, I I saw something where it said that they're like, they're voting. I don't know. They're voting on witnesses. I I know. I feel so. I'm very uneducated about this, but it's like kind of deliberate because I, the, the way that this con like the way that this country like is for black people and people of color um 
it's not shocking that things aren't going the way that one group wants it to go. It's not shocking. I like I don't I don't think that like I I don't even, I don't want to worry about if he's going to get impeached or not. Like I want I don't want to worry about that. I I'm I'm worried about like living in Oregon and like being safe. There was a murder across the street last week. Um luckily, you know, I was nowhere near it, but the fact that it was across the street is still kind of scary. Along with that, just apparently there there's neo-Nazis around like campus now and there's folks who want to get guns now to protect themselves and they were originally not for guns but like I don't know I don't really know how to tell like them apart the neo-Nazis because it could just be anybody that's the whole thing about living in Oregon there's no kind of sense of safety and and it'll kind of like tell you the state or like people from here and just kind of tell you oh this is a safe place it's a safe place but it was safe for who you know so I don't know how I got onto that but I I think it was it's in relation to not really knowing anything about what's going on with the impeachment um yeah, I don't know. I there, there's a lot of things going on with me in my own life that I don't like learning about the impeachment, like trying to figure out what's going like it literally I would have to try to figure out what's going on. I don't think I could find an article that would be straightforward and tell me what's going on. I would have to kind of look around, which is sad because American media is not reliable. So, yeah, those are my kind of like ramblings for this week on American media. Um, thank y'all for listening. Um, make sure to follow the podcast and on Instagram and Twitter at Go Black Boy Go. And look out for the podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. All right. Thank y'all for listening.